In the word of the Lord in Acts chapter 16, I honor each of you, every man, woman, boy, and girl in your respective positions and titles. Let's go into the word. Acts 16, beginning at verse 16. The word said, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us was brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same follow Paul and us and Christ saying, these men are the servants of the most high God, which show, us, show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they called Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. And brought them to the magistrates saying these men being Jews do exceedingly trouble our city. And teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive neither to observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stocks. And at midnight. And at midnight. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's bands we're loosed. The word of the Lord is blessed for the people of God. Uh, your theme for today is breakthrough in the city. Uh, but I, I want to piggyback off of that and say to you today, if you repeat after me, the necessity, necessity. for a breakthrough. Come on, one more time. The necessity, necessity. for a breakthrough. Now touch yourself and say, I need a God breakthrough. You may take your seats in the presence of the Lord. Breakthrough in the city. Uh, there is a necessity for a breakthrough. And uh, I need a, a God breakthrough. I don't know about you. I don't care how long I've been in church. Uh, I've been in the church all my life. And I stand here today, 56 years old. And I've been in the church all of my life. And still need times in my life a God breakthrough uh, as we look around uh, day by day life has happened to us all uh, time and chance has taken place 
The Bible says it like this in Ecclesiastes 9, uh, verse 11 and verse 12. It says, I returned and saw under the sun that the race is not to the swift, nor the battle to the strong, neither yet bread to the wise, nor rich, yet riches to men of understanding, nor yet favor to men of skill. But time and chance happeneth to them all. For man also knoweth not his time as the fishes are taken in an evil net. And as the birds are caught in a snare, so are the sons of men snared in an evil time when, when it falleth suddenly upon them. Time and chance happens to us all. We, we can uh, testify uh, that life sometimes is like a game of cards. A uh, game of cards uh, likening to a game that my father taught me how to play. What game of cards was this? It was called spades. Oh uh, yeah, I've been in church all of my life, but I had a daddy uh, that wasn't saved growing up. Daddy taught us how to play the game of spades. Uh, there are 52 cards in the deck of spades. The, the hearts and the diamonds, the clubs and the spades. Uh, the spades is identified as the trump card. Y'all looking at me too hard like y'all don't know about spades. Uh, I know somebody out there know about the game of spades. Uh, uh, Daddy told us to take the two of heart and the two of diamond out and replace it with the high joker and the low joker uh -huh. uh, they, they uh, give you greater power uh, in the hand of space uh, it, it is bigger than higher than the ace of space so you have a high joker the low the joker or the little joker some would say big and little uh, the ace and down the king the queen the jack the ten on down uh, uh, the, 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 the game has an identity that you have a dealer the dealer has to shuffle the card and pass four players you have a partner that sits across from you and it's a sad thing to have a partner that don't know how to play space it's a sad thing to have a partner that's not watching the board it takes a thought process not to just put cards down on the table but you gotta look Heart that a play so you know what is already gone. Ah, ah, you gotta know because every suit has 13 cards, except in the game of space when you use the big joker, little joker, it gives you 15 space. Ah, when you pass the cards, every player get 13 cards apiece. Ah, when you get that hand, you you take that hand and you spread it out. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. You look at that hand that's been dealt to you. Everybody.
somebody's car. You know, some of y'all become fancy dealers. Some of y'all turn a card over uh, so everybody can see one card or two cards of somebody else. Yeah, some of y'all are fancy dealers, but uh, we don't see everybody's hand because if we saw every card that everybody was dealt, then we remember what's in your hand. But what happens in the game of space, once you get your hand, you look at your cards and put them by suit. Uh, you put them uh, uh, together so you know uh, I learned how to spread my hand uh, with one hand uh, I don't take two hands to spread uh, you learn how to flip them uh, oh I'm telling on myself now you know how to flip those cards uh, and wearing glasses I have to be very careful uh, that while I'm looking at everybody else my hand is closed uh, why because they're looking my glasses uh, and see what I have in my hand. Is that cheating? I don't know if it's cheating or just seeing what you see. But I realize you got to make sure that nobody, even your partner, does not know what you actually have. So everybody have to give a bid. Everybody has to speak what's in your hand. What do you think you're going to win? How many books? Uh, Pogo says how many tricks? Uh-huh. Are you going to win? So you say, I have, you know, I, I believe, partner. And they tell you cannot talk across the board. In other words, you cannot expose what's in your hand or give any identity to your partner what you really have. Why? Because it's a game of chance. It's a game of possibilities. So you look at your hand and you say, you know what, partner? I believe I can get us four books. Your partner tell you how many books that he or she can give. And that's the number you put on your page that says we together are going to get these six books. I had times when I said I got four and a possible. What does the possible mean? I got six of the same suit I may have an ace I may have a king but it may not walk across the table so it is a possibility so I may not count my possibility because it can go one way or another but you got to play all 13 cards in your hand to determine at the end of the play whether you got your books or not life is something like the card game of it's a game of chance. Why? Because you cannot predict what's the hand that is going to be dealt to you. But you got to live this life and go through whatever God has allowed. See, God is not like some of y'all. You don't like the hand you've been dealt, so you throw the hand in. Some of y'all get mad because you're losing on the card game. I quit. I throw my hand in. Y'all are cheating. But life is not like that. Ah, you may throw in the hands, but you still got to live life. You may feel like quitting and throwing in the towel, but you still have to live life. The difference in a card game of chance and having God is that when time and chance happen, I don't have to go through it by myself. What do you mean? When God 
God already knows the outcome. With God, he already knows what he has allowed in my life. Why? Because the devil cannot do anything to us without God's permission. I don't know why you think the devil is doing what he wants to do. He has to get permission from God. Somebody ought to do more than talk about Job. But you got to look at that the devil couldn't do nothing to Job without God taking the hedge down or God giving him permission. But God also gave the devil limitations. Oh, he gave that old devil limitations. He allowed him to take his children and all of his wealth the first time in Job chapter 1. But he couldn't touch Job. In Job chapter 2, Satan comes again while God is meeting the sons of God. And God asked Satan, what are you doing? He said, I'm going to and fro in and out of the earth. Have you considered my servant Job? Or Satan said, but you got to hedge around him. God said I'm going to take the hedge down. You can touch him but you got to save his life. Uh, the Bible said that boar sores came all over Job's body. In fact it's called sickness in his body. Uh, don't you understand that sickness comes from the devil but the devil can't bring sickness to your body without God's permission. Why? Because Job loved God with all of his heart. Job said don't you slay me. He said yet will I trust you. Job said in my appointed time I'm going to wait until my change comes. You got to wait. That's why you cannot afford to depend upon yourself to lead yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People want to lead themselves. Uh, uh, you will and you have led yourself into some bad places by your own decisions. Uh, but we must allow God to lead us in this unpredictable and unprecedented time. We are still in a global crisis called the pandemic. We are in an unpredictable time God on a time that we never thought even in my lifetime that I will see such things that have happened to us in the last 18 months what we have gone through with the pandemic with COVID-19 now dealing with the Delta variant now dealing with the vaccine we would never have really understood the impact if God had told us, we wouldn't understood the impact of what we're going through. I remember preaching in 2019. I remember saying that there's a wind of change that's coming to the earth. I remember God speaking. He said, tell the people to gather some goods. Start preparing themselves and putting up some things in their houses. Don't wait. Start grabbing tissues. I remember preaching in the early 2019. Did not know in 2020 that we'll be dealing with a pandemic that would shut the world down. But can I tell somebody today that no matter what is unpredicted in your life, God has already prepared us to sustain in it if we got God on the inside of us. 
Uh, I know that somebody is wondering how will I do this? How will I uh, sustain in the midst of an unpredictable situation? Uh, I want you to know that it is a necessity that you have Jesus on the inside of you to survive. (laughs) It is a necessity that you have Jesus on the inside of you to survive. A woman of God, what do you mean by a necessity? A necessity is an urgent need. Necessity and an urgent need or, or an urgent desire to want what you do not have. Uh, a necessity, uh, an urgent need or an urgent desire to want what you do not have. It is urgent. Um, what do you mean by urgent? Urgent means calling for immediate attention. Uh, urgent, calling for immediate attention. I found out during this time of the pandemic, uh, pastors, I found out that uh, people had church, but they didn't have God. I found out during the pandemic that the people that came and sat in our pew chairs and sat on our pews, Bible study after Bible study, service after service, revival after revival, conference after conference, I found out during the pandemic they had church, the form of church, what do you mean the church service, they had the organ, they had the keyboard, they had the drums, they had somebody else praise, the praise team, they had that kind of service, but when they got in their homes I found out that people when they got locked in their homes and they couldn't come to the building, they had good music but they didn't have God, they knew the form of church, they knew how to clap, they knew how to move, they knew how to wave their hands, but they sustained in the midst of the trouble thank you God the Bible says in 2 Timothy 3 and verse 5 having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof he says from such turn away and if if anything that you should have learned during this season is learning how much god have you had or how much god do you not have oh my oh it had to bring you to a place while you were in your home I know you were streaming looking through Facebook and looking through all those things trying to find some kind of service oh I need a word I need a word oh you found yourself in a lonely place in your house with the devil coming to torment your mind with the coming and telling you you might as well quit. COVID hit your body. COVID hit your family. People started dying around you. People started losing their jobs. But did it shift 
place of urgency that God wants my attention. God wants my heart. God wants my soul. He wants me to live for him for real. For real. For real. Oh, there is an urgency in the earth. Oh, God, thank you, Lord. There is an urgency in the earth. There is an immediate call, immediate attention that God wants our souls, not our mouths with flattery. (laughs) Uh, He said that you flatter me with your mouth, but your heart is far from me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You told me you love me. He said, but if you love me, keep my commandments. You told me I'll serve you, but when I called you to do something, you gave me excuses. You told me whatever you need me to do, pastors, I'll do it. But when we called you, when we text you, your excuses were legitimate, but you allowed your excuses to call you not to show up for the assignment. Oh, oh, excuses, oh, the immediate call in the earth. Oh, we must understand that, that many have church, but lacking having God. Many have positions, but lacking prayer. Many have titles, but lacking fasting. Many can have praise, which requires breath. See, praise only requires breath according to Psalm 150 and verse 6. He says, let everything that had breath praise ye the Lord. So the prerequisite for praise is breath in your body, not salvation. Not a relationship with God. Just because you're breathing, there's a command in the Bible, let everything that had breath praise ye the Lord. Praise means to brag on. Praise means to boast on. Everybody that is breathing needs to brag and boast on God. It's not based on your status quo. It's not based on where you live. It's not based on where you drive. It's not based on how much money you have. But the prerequisite for praise is breath in your body. So everybody must praise. Praise is not predicated on you coming out. <laughs> Praise is predicated you breathing. <laughs> oh, ah, that's where we miss it. Because God will not take choice from us. He says, choose ye this day whom you're going to serve. So you have choice. Uh-huh. So what are you doing with the choices that you're making one thing you must always remember you have the power of choice but you don't choose your consequences you have power of choice you can make any choice that you want but you cannot choose the outcome of your choices you cannot choose the consequences whether they're good choices or whether they're bad choices but the power of choice is in your hand that's why I don't understand why in the world we don't come wherever you are whether you're at home whether in your car whether you're inside the building called church I don't understand how we turn praise on like turn 
standing on a water faucet. I don't understand why we turn praise on when we're feeling good. Oh, I got to praise God. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. Why? Because you're feeling good today. But what happened to your praise when pain is in your body? What happened to your praise when your children are acting a fool? What happened to your praise when people started dying in your family? What happened to your praise? The Bible said in Psalm 34 and verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Praise is what comes out of your mouth. There's a difference between praise and worship. <laughs> there is a difference between praise and worship. Everybody can praise God, but everybody cannot worship God. Praise, I told you that the prerequisite for praise is what? Breath in your body. But worship is reverencing the worthiness of God and his existence. The worthiness of God through relationship with God. Uh, the Bible says it like this in John chapter 4 verse 23 and 24. But the hour cometh and now is when the true Worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh, oh my, he's looking for it. He's trying to find such worship. Yeah, the Bible said God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Worship comes through a relationship with God. Jesus said that I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. When you have Jesus on the inside of you, then you reference the worthiness of God. That if it had not been for God who saved your soul, you would be lost. So in the truth of who he is, the truth Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. He said, thou art Peter. He wasn't saying he's building the church on Peter. He was building the church on truth that he is the way. So you got to worship God in spirit and in truth. We cannot lack the significance of what we need in this hour to have the real breakthrough that we need. We must have every component of what we need to be W-H-O-L-E. See, people are not W-H-O-L-E. People don't want to be whole. They just want a good dance. They just want a good hallelujah. They just want a good sound. But when you get through dancing, when you get through saying hallelujah, how W-H-O-L-E are you? Do you have every component that you need to be whole? What do you mean? My mother taught me 
how to make that cake that she made all the time. Uh, mama got so tired of us asking her to make the cake till she taught us how to make it. Mama said, listen, this is my recipe. She said, I want you to get six eggs out of the refrigerator and put it on the counter. She said, I need you to get the plain flour. And she says, we're going to get three cups of flour. We're going to get three cups of sugar. We're going to get one cup of milk. And we're going to get some vanilla extract. She said, I don't want flavor. I need extract. Uh, she didn't need anything that's watered down, but she needed the extract. Because it's potent with the vanilla bean inside of it. She says, listen, we need the eggs, the milk, uh, to come to room temperature. Uh, mama said, once they come to room temperature, uh, we're going to get the mixer and the bowl. She said, this is how we're going to start. Uh, she said, oh, we're going to need three sticks of butter also. Uh, three sticks of butter, uh, three cups of sugar, uh, and three cups of plain flour. We're going to need six eggs, a cup of milk. Oh, wow. And we need some vanilla asterisk. I just gave y'all my mother's recipe. But what did mama say to us? She said, listen, we cannot just take the ingredients and dump it in all at one time. Mama said, we need to cream the softened butter and the sugar together. Mama said, listen, put it in the mixer. She said, turn the mixer on. It's going to take some time. Now listen, do you have time? Because you're not going to be able to run in and outdoors trying to play and learn how to make this cake she said it's gonna take time for you to make the cake she said but if you go through the whole process you're gonna have plenty of cake to eat oh can I tell somebody if you can just go through this process I know you don't like it I know you keep trying to jump in and out I know you keep allowing the devil to send you back to the wall but if you can just go through this process I know it's not easy right now I know you've been attacked great but if you can just go through the process what is the process the steps it takes to reach my destination so she says listen we're going to cream the butter we're going to cream the sugar together she said I want to cream it until it's fluffy so you cannot tell the difference between the butter and the sugar because it's been blended together she says get that butter and that sugar fluffy uh, and then she says we're going to crack one egg at a time she said take one egg and put it in uh, we put the one egg in and she says let's let that cream inside of that and we did that over and over again to all six eggs were inside of the batter and then she said listen wait a minute we're going to take the flour she said get that sifter she said, we need the sifter and get a separate bowl. She said, listen, we're going to heap up the flour and put it in the sifter. And then we're going to turn the sifter. What does the sifter do? It makes the flour lighter and it takes out any unwanted particles on the inside of the flour that you don't want inside of the cake. She said, sift it. And not only did we sift it, any particles left, we threw it out. She said, Sharon, we're not going to sift all of that flour one time she said we're gonna sift it again so we had to take it and heap it back up she said take your time don't dump it she said this time be light as you put it into the sifter and she said we're gonna sift it into another bowl and we sifted into another bowl and if there was any particles we took it out she said now we're gonna measure we're gonna measure 
Elijah three cups into the batter. She said, turn the battle on. Ah, uh, but no, before we turn it on, she said, listen, we're going to measure three cups. Uh, the sifter holds three cups of flour sifted in the sifter. Oh, that's years of using the sifter. It'll hold three measured. In other words, when you get the flour out of the sifted flour, make sure it's full to the top. And then she said, take a straight edge, the back of a knife, and scrape it off because you don't need any excessive flour inside of your ingredients. And she said, listen, get the sifter again. I said, again, mama? We done already sifted the flour twice. She said, yeah, get the sifter again. Put the sifter over the bowl with the batter and we're going to sift that flour into so three times the flour be sifted. She said, mama said, the reason we sift our flour, we don't want a heavy cake like other people make. She said, other people just dump their flowers. But she said, the more you sift the flour, the, the, the softer, the lighter the cake is. And we sifted it and put it into the batter and started the mixture. The mixer started mixing and she said, now we're going to start adding some milk in there because there's too much flour by itself. We need to put some milk inside of there so it'll loose the batter up. And then when the batter got mixed with all of the eggs, the butter, the sugar, the flour, then she said, honey, now we're getting ready to put the abstract in. She said, Sharon, I really don't measure the flavor. She said, because I like for my flavor of the abstract, the vanilla abstract to be bold in my cake. So mama started pouring and she tasted it. And when she tasted it, she said, mm, I need just a little bit more. And she put a little more flour in. Not only did she put an abstract in, but not only did mama put some more abstract in, she said, now Sharon, we have to have a pinch of salt. She said the pinch of salt takes the freshness out of the cake. Oh, she said we're going to put it in the oven on 325 for an hour and 15 minutes. Don't open the oven. Oh, don't even look at it. She said it's going to be alright. Why did I go through that process? Because we want to take stuff out that we don't like in this life. We want to take things out that we feel like oh I'm sick of that. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of him. I'm tired of her. Listen, I'm tired of that. Now you want to excuse the ingredients that God needs to make you what he wants you to be. He wants you to be a vessel of honor, not a vessel of dishonor. Stop getting rid of the ingredients that you need to make you W-H-O-L-E. To make you whole. Why is it urgent? Why is it necessary? Uh, because we need a breakthrough. What does breakthrough mean, woman of God? It is an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. Breakthrough, an act or instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle. Now I believe when I announced the topic today, I believe some people just sat back and said, I don't need a breakthrough. Because you're thinking about the emotional part of breakthrough. 
not the spiritual part of the breakthrough. <laughs> you think, well, I don't want to be sitting up here with him hand and crying. And no, I, you need God to help you move through Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, through. It's a process of moving beyond to where you're going. He says that you must understand that to have a breakthrough says that I admit that I need something I don't have. Uh, uh, to say that I need a breakthrough I don't care if it's you that you need to move beyond you need a breakthrough uh, I don't care if it's that habit that you have uh, uh, that you have not been able to break you need a breakthrough you need God to help you through the process of what you are facing the obstacle it is urgent there's an urgent need for you to move through and beyond your trouble we all have trouble uh, the Bible declares to us in Job 14 and verse 1 that a man that is born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. We all have trouble. Trouble is uninvited. Trouble is unwanted. Events in life that brings you to a place of desperation. But the Bible tells us this in 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Beloved, thinking not strange. Concerning the fiery trial that is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. Sharon 1 and 2 says, why are you tripping over what you have to go through? Why are you ready to quit when what you're going through is necessary because God wants you to go through it? Why are you ready to turn your back on God because you're, you're facing uninvited, unwanted situations in your life that has brought you to a place of desperation? Why do you want to quit when you have God on your side? The Bible says it like this in Romans 8 and verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? If God, if God be for us, who can be against us? How? Do I know God is for me? I live Romans 10 and verse 9 that if I would confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in my heart that God had raised him from the dead, I shall be saved. How do I know God is for me? Acts 1 and 8 and he shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. When I give my soul to God and live for him, what shall I then say to these things? My circumstances, my situations, my concerns, matters, and affairs God is for me so when I know that God is for me then I can stand on Psalm 46 and verse 1 that declares that God is our refuge and strength of every present help in trouble the Bible said therefore will not we fear though the earth 
be removed that though the mountain be carried into the midst of the sea the bible said though the waters thereof roar and be troubled though the mountain shake with the swelling thereof there is a river of the streams whereof shall make glad the city of god you gotta understand the bible said that the holy place of the tabernacle of the most high that god is in the midst of her god is right in the center of what you're going through and she shall not be moved why because god shall help her and that right early god is our hiding place that's what refuge means. he's your place of protection god is your place of shielding he is your refuge and strength when i look at strength it defines as power to resist what are you resisting power what kind of power the holy ghost power to resist the attacks of the enemy we must understand in this season that we cannot allow the devil to have the upper hand why because when you understand that god is carrying me through this when you understand that the trying of your faith work it patient then you'll understand that god allowed it not for the devil to destroy me but god allowed it so i can grow up see we need some people to grow up in god we need some people to mature in god Ah, oh, the pandemic should have shown us who was really mature in god it should have shown us how much relationship did we really have with god but when i begin to look look in our text this morning when i look here we must understand that uh, the bible talks about paul and silas it talks about doing that Luke wrote the book of Acts and while he's writing the book of Acts he begins to deal with the ministry of Paul he begins to deal with the development of the church with the presentation of the Holy Ghost and when you see in chapter 15 you see the development of the church but then you also see a disagreement with Paul and Barnabas but although they had a disagreement they still knew they knew that they had a work to do although they went their separate ways they still gathered they gathered to do what God wanted them to do Barnabas got John Mark and Paul got Silas and they continued doing the ministry can I tell somebody I don't care who you disagree with don't be so disagreeable until you vacate your assignment don't become so disagreeable until you say I'm not going to serve in the church anymore because your service is not unto people but you've got to do whatever your hands find to do so that God is pleased with you the Bible says that Paul and Silas Paul and Silas are together in Acts chapter 16 and as they are doing ministry it's something when people say the right thing but they have the wrong spirit we see in Acts chapter 16 and verse 16 
name. No, we hear and see a woman, a woman that has the Bible said a damsel. She is a young girl that have a spirit of divination. I found out the spirit of divination. People will speak the truth, but they have the devil working on the inside of them. Oh, it is a spirit of deception. And here she is. She began to say who Paul and Silas was. She said that these, that these are the men of God that serve God and they're showing us the way of salvation. You know that the devil will put the demons on display. The people that look at demonic people, they'll put them on display and act a fool. And everybody think that they're the ones that represent the church. But I found out that Bible said that Paul got so grieved that he looked at the spirit and not at the girl. See, some of y'all would say, leave that little girl alone. Now, don't touch that little girl. She all right. But can I tell somebody that the devil will use anything that's living. The devil don't care if it's a little boy. He doesn't care if it's a little girl. That's why y'all got to learn how to cast the devil out of, the, out of your children in your house. You got to learn how to cast those demons out of your house. Acting all crazy. Because the Bible said in Ephesians 6 and verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities. Against powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against spiritual wickedness in high places. And Paul got so grieved. That Paul looked at that spirit. And said I command and you to come out of her right now. The Bible said that the people got angry. Why? Because they now had now taken the gain of her employment. They took the that he had taken through the power of God. The power that she had among the people. That's why you gotta learn how to cast the devil out. So the in your house and the Bible said that after Paul and Silas after he cast out the devil out of the little girl the Bible said that the people got angry and took them to the magistrate oh, not only did it take Paul and Silas but Timothy was with them and verse 10 Luke and shows that he is there but they only took Paul and Silas in the presence of the magistrate and the Bible said they looked at them and they were angry until they in the opening of everybody they begin to beat them for casting out the devil can you believe that there was demons inside of the magistrate when the devil gets mad at you he's gonna bring everybody on your job they're acting a fool against you you're due for a promotion but the devil is mad in your body sickness shows up because the devil he's mad because you won't quit on your job in 
Jesus in front of all of the people. Have you ever been lied on and the people know? Have you ever had your name scandalized by people who don't even like you? But can I tell somebody they may do it right now? But hold on because victory is coming to your life. Hold on because the power of God is coming to your life. The Bible, the Bible says that they beat them with many, with many stripes. They rip their clothes off in front of Ha <laughs> 
let us exalt his name together. I believe they started bragging on the goodness of the law. The Bible said all of the prisoners, everybody heard them praising God. They had been beaten. They had been beaten in front of everybody. And now they're in the jail. The Bible said that while that while they were praising God at midnight. Midnight is the darkest time in the time when it become midnight. Ask the time on the clock. It is the darkest time, but it's also morning time. At 12 o'clock, we change over into another day. I heard the scripture say that we may endure for a night, but joy, joy, it cometh in the morning. It may be a midnight situation, but good morning, good morning, good morning. My day is getting ready to take a shift. My trial is getting ready to shift in another direction. The Bible said, Thou at midnight, they were praying and praising, praying and praising, praying and praising, praying and praising. Can you pray and praise? Pray and praise. The Bible said, Suddenly, suddenly, there was an earthquake. Give me an earthquake. There's a rumbling in the atmosphere. The ground got the shaking. The Bible said, and suddenly, there was a great earthquake so that the foundation of the prison was shaken. Oh, right there. Why was it shaking? While you're standing, I got to walk this part right here and I'm done. When prayer and praise shows up, the atmosphere has to change. When prayer and praise show up, the atmosphere has got to change. Why? Because God inhabits praises of his people. He comes and dwells in praise. And I know y'all say when the praises go up, the blessings come down. When you're really mature in God, you want more than blessings. You want the blesser. Because when the blesser shows up, Everything I need is in his presence. Hey. Paul and Silas prayed and praised that changed their atmosphere to cause the power of God to shift the foundation. Can I tell somebody prophetically when you started praying and praising God? 
there was a shaking there's a shaking of your foundation that's getting ready to move you to the next place in God so the Bible said that as the foundation shook it happened suddenly suddenly means happening or coming unexpectedly if you learn how to pray and praise when you least expect it God did you hear what I said when you learn how to pray and praise something is going to happen unexpectedly God because when I put my eyes on him and give him what's due him God you can dot 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 after that because only you can fill in what God is and need to be for you when you pray and praise suddenly happening or coming unexpectedly and the Bible said all the doors and immediately 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 means without space of time between the events suddenly it happened unexpectedly and immediately without the space of time between the doors opened while they prayed and praise the earthquake happened the doors opened and everyone's holes their bands what had them bound everybody got freed because of Paul and Silas you waiting on God and God is waiting on you you waiting on him to change he's waiting on your change he's waiting on you to pray and to praise that everybody hears it everybody got freed at the same time because of Paul and Silas what happened in the prison a breakthrough but not a breakout breakthrough I told you a breakthrough is an act or an instance of moving through or beyond an obstacle the obstacle that was broken was there loosened the doors the doors were open their bands were loose but they didn't have permission to come out so we keep praying for a come out God wants to carry us through it and as he carries us through it there's an appointed time to come out of it. Because the problem is, we're not trying to learn the lesson in it. We're just tired of the pain in it. We're tired of the ridicule in it. We're tired of the disappointment in it. When God said there's a lesson that needs to be learned in this. There's some things I want to take out of you. There's some things I want to put in you. So you need a breakthrough. City Church those that are watching the only way that there can be a breakthrough in this city is when the breakthrough happens in the people 
when people want a breakthrough for their lives, then we'll see a breakthrough in the city because you are a part of the city. When you surrender to the plan and the will of God and watch God strengthen you while you're in it, carry you through while you're in it, He'll loose you while you're in it. He'll give you peace while you're still in the midst of it. He'll give you joy while you're still in it. Whatsoever state I am therewith to be content means to be satisfied. I've learned, Sharon Renee C. Whitelaw in this season have learned to be satisfied where I am. Last Sunday was, nine, was one year. Last Sunday, one year from the passing of my husband, one year. He didn't die of COVID. It was last stage of Parkinson's disease. One year. In my life, I said, if anything happened, you know, I'm transitioning here. I'm going to move. God said, I didn't tell you to do anything right now. I was ready to go. I don't have family there. Feeling by myself at times. But I've learned to be satisfied with what God has allowed. And I have peace. So what God wants us to understand in this season, you can have that breakthrough, just like Paul and Silas. After they got the breakthrough, the doors were open, their bands were loose. The jailer was asleep when he woke up and saw all the doors open. All the bands loose. He got ready to commit suicide. Paul said, wait, 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 wait. Don't do it. We all still here. We, we, haven't, we haven't left because he knew that they were, he was going to be killed if they, if they were gone. So he's going he to save them, save them a job. I'll just kill myself. He said, no, don't kill. We all are still here. The jailer runs in and say, falls down and said, what must I do to be saved? Can I tell you what you're going to go through and what you're going through is for somebody else's life to be changed? If you have the right posture. If you stand with God in the midst of this, somebody's life will change and see the light of God in you. And want what you have. He, his family got saved. Their lives would change as the jailer took them to their house, cleaned them up. This is the trip part, part about the enemy. He sends word and says, hey, let them go. Tell them they can go on in the night. Tell them they can go on. Apostle, uh, wait a minute. You want us to go privately? You beat us in front of everybody? You stripped our clothes in front of everybody? Now you want us to just walk away and nobody see me go, no. No, just as public as you did it then. Be public and let them know. Why? Because they found out that they were Romans. You got to understand God is going to allow your enemy to see you've been free. God's going to allow the enemy that came against you see you blessed, see you healed, see you with your breakthrough. If you can just hold on and give God a praise and praise through it, you'll experience your breakthrough. Every head is bowed in the presence of the Lord. The song says, the race he is not given to the swift, nor to the strong, but to the one that endureth until the end.
you walk alone. But I know that I know that I know things will work out. Yes, they will for the good of them, for the good of them, for the good of them who love the the word on today do you need a breakthrough you may be that person that says you know what I don't even have Jesus on the inside of me I've been living for Satan I have not given my heart to God but through this word I know that I need Jesus the Bible says in Romans 10 and 9 that if thou would confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus believe in thy heart that God had raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. And so I offer Christ to you that you have Jesus on the inside. There's nothing you've done so bad that God will not forgive you. He's faithful and just to forgive you of all of your sins. You just got to confess it and say that I need Jesus. I need Jesus. You just got to confess and say I need the Lord to save me, to forgive me, to wash me, to make me whole. God would do it if you just ask. There may be someone here today and you receive the word of the Lord and you want that change. You say, woman of God, I need salvation today. If that's you, whatever your head is bowed, if that's you, would you just raise your hand and say, I want to be saved. I want Christ on the inside of me. I want to see that hand, if that is you. If that's you that is watching us live in the virtual church, if that is you, just put into the chat, I want Jesus. I need Jesus. I need Jesus to save me. I need Jesus. And if that's you, would you go with me into that prayer repentance while you're watching? I didn't see anyone in the actual building, but if you would go with me and say, Lord, here am I. Lord, I'm sorry for all of my sins. I confess that I have not done what your word has said. And today, God, I thank you that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. 
and he rose with all power in his hand that I might be saved. Now God, come into my heart and save me. I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. Now God, I thank you for saving my life. If you prayed that prayer, you are saved according to the word of the Lord. You are saved. And Father, I thank you for those that prayed that prayer of salvation. I pray, God, that you would keep them in the name of Jesus. There may be someone here saying, you know, woman of God, I'm saved, but I need the Holy Ghost. I don't have the keeper. I don't have the comforter, but I want the Holy Ghost to keep me. If that is you, I want to pray for you. Are you that person? I need the Holy Ghost. I need the comforter. Hallelujah. There may be someone in this atmosphere right now and say, you know what, woman of God, I'm saved, I'm sanctified, I got the Holy Ghost, but I just need the strength of God to endure doing my trial. If that's you, everybody, just lift your hands. If you're that person in this building, just lift your hands to the Lord. Father, we need the more of you. Somebody needs a breakthrough today. Somebody needs you to touch them in a special way. And so, Father, your anointing is in this house. Your anointing is being felt all over, God, the live stream. Father, I pray, God, that you would touch and strengthen your people right now. Restore the joy of their salvation, God, that they will press in and hold on to your promises in the name of Jesus. That, God, we can be whole in you as we live holy. Father, strengthen the weak. Build your people up where they've been torn down. And I thank you now, God, that your people are grateful and hold to faith and believe in God that you are with them. God, I thank you for the victory. I thank you, God, that you're equipping your people with everything they need to be victorious. Thank you for your divine healing. Thank you for your divine anointing. We declare that it is so. And so it is in Jesus' name. Come on and clap those hands and give God praise. Come on and bless the Lord. If you believe your breakthrough, if you believe that God is increasing himself in you, come on open your mouth and give 